You're listening to Comedy Central. May 20th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Candidate for President of the United States, Kirsten Gillibrand is joining us, everybody. Also, also on tonight's show, Bill de Blasio wants to be the mayor of America. We find a solution to end all student debt, and it's never ladies' night in Alabama. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with the story everyone is talking about. Game of Thrones. Last night was the big series finale, and I'm not gonna spoil anything. (coughs) Iron Man dies. But let's just say (laughs) some people are taking the ending hard. It has been eight long and at times very frustrating seasons for Game of Thrones fans. And now that the end has come, you might need someone to talk to. Yep, Bark.com is offering therapy sessions for viewers. Whether you need someone to complain to about these plot holes some people have been talking about, have trouble with the ending, or just need help in the absence of your favorite show, the site promises to find a professional for you. Yes, that's right. A website is offering therapy, therapy sessions for people upset about the ending of Game of Thrones. And let me just say, people, uh, if you need therapy because a TV show ended, your life is too good, okay? (laughs) I'm just gonna tell you straight, you don't need a therapist, you need some credit card debt and an STD, okay? Take your mind right off that series finale. I hope... I also hope those therapy sessions are private, right? Because you're gonna look like a dick if you're in a group therapy session. The person before you'll be like, I got addicted to drugs after my wife left. And you go like, okay, put a pin in that. I didn't like Jon Snow's story arc, okay? <laughs> I didn't like it. In other news, it's the season finale of college. And one graduation ceremony had a surprise ending that most people actually enjoyed. Billionaire Robert Smith surprised graduating seniors at Morehouse College by telling them his family would wipe out all their student debt. That's an estimated $40 million for nearly 400 students. And my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. Wow! He's gonna pay off 400 kids' student debt. $40 million. That is really amazing. Although I will say, I do feel bad for that one kid who worked his way through school so that he wouldn't have loans. Yeah, because you know he was at that ceremony like, you guys wasted all your time partying, but some of us scrubbed toilets for years to be debt free. And now I'm gonna be, wait, what? (laughs) Seriously, it sucks for that guy. It's like going to a group dinner, all your friends are ordering caviar, you think you're paying for yourself, so you're like, I'm just gonna have the breadsticks. And at the end, someone's like, the dinner was on me. And you're like. And also, and also, can we admit that although this was fantastic, this billionaire has ruined commencement speeches forever. (laughs) Yeah, because good luck being next year's speaker. It'll be like, and finally, I want to say, always follow your dreams. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) 
and believe in yourself. And... Well, that's it. Boo! This also probably pisses off other billionaires when you think about it, because now the expectation is that they will pay tuition at any college they go to. You're going to look bad if you don't. Yeah, I bet other billionaires are going to end up speaking at cheaper colleges. You know, Bill Gates will be like, it's such an honor to be addressing the Hackensack Online Beauty Academy. Here's your 150, here's your 150 bucks, here's your 150 bucks. All right, moving on to some tech news. Now that Uber is a public company, it's under more pressure to make profits, which is probably why it just launched a brand new feature. If your Uber driver is a bit too chatty for your liking, you can now use a mute feature in Uber Black service. Uh, The features in the app are called Quiet Preferred, but if you're feeling social, you can also select Happy to Chat. Yes. From now on, if you get into an Uber, you can select Happy to Chat or Quiet Mode on the app. Although, I'll be honest, knowing Uber drivers, I don't think it's actually gonna make a difference, right? You're gonna get in the car, and then the driver's gonna be like, so, I see you chose quiet mode, yeah? That's a good option, yeah. So many drivers, they talk, 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 talk. Never leave you alone. Yeah, I wish everything in life at quiet mode, like my children or my wife, eh? yeah, no. I mean, yeah. So, is this your first time using quiet mode, yeah? But don't forget, don't forget, you only get quiet mode if you take Uber Black, which is the luxury service, yeah. Luckily, though, Uber has also unveiled some new features for Uber X. Like, there they've got a new mode called Don't Stab Me. Yeah, so that's a, that's a nice feature. <laughs> and finally, some news coming out of my home country, South Africa. We move on now to that bizarre encounter with a fan for Arnold Schwarzenegger. The action star and former governor has decided not to press charges against the man who drop-kicked him in the back at an event in South Africa. This weekend, 71-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger proving it's still a bad idea to mess with the governator. One man at the Arnold Classic Africa Sports Festival in South Africa learned that the hard way after landing a flying kick into Schwarzenegger's back. In this video, you see, despite the attacker taking a running start, Arnold barely moved, unfazed. What the f***? I know this was funny for some people, but I'm not gonna lie, as a South African, I was super pissed off. First of all, thanks to that guy, now we're the country that drop-kicked the Terminator, okay? <laughs> and what's even worse is that Arnold barely even moved, so now we look like we can't even kick right. <laughs> Makes the whole country look bad. You know that people were texting me after this shit happened? We were like, hey, Trevor, did you see this kick? Is that a normal thing in South Africa? <laughs> yeah, 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 guys, no, it's, tra- it's tradition. That's what we do in South Africa. We just drop kick all the celebrities that show up. Yeah, yeah, you remember when Bill Clinton came to South Africa and Nelson Mandela met him with a drop kick. He was like, welcome to South Africa, welcome. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. Ever since President Trump appointed a fifth conservative justice to the Supreme Court, there are two questions everyone has been asking. One, did Justice Ginsburg take her vitamins today? And two, when will conservatives try to use the new courts to overturn Roe v. Wade? Well, we don't know about the vitamins, but in the past few weeks, conservative lawmakers have made their move. The abortion flashpoint all across the country, a wave of new restrictions gaining steam in states far beyond Alabama. Georgia, Alabama, and Missouri are putting into place strict 
anti-abortion laws. Alabama passing the nation's most restrictive abortion law, effectively banning abortion. Under the law, doctors could now face 99 years in prison for performing an abortion. In signing the abortion bill, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey said it stands as a powerful testament to Alabamians' deeply held belief that every life is precious and that every life is a sacred gift from God. You know, I'm not going to lie, America is a really confusing place because there's supposed to be a separation between church and state, right? But this governor is literally signing an anti-abortion law in God's name. Yeah, which is weird, which is really weird because I've read the Bible too, okay? And as much as God loved children, he also wasn't afraid to take out a bunch of kids when he wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when the Egyptians refused to release the Israelites, God sent locusts and frogs, and then when they didn't listen, he killed their firstborn sons, which is quite the escalation, you have to admit. If my neighbor was making noise and was like, frogs, don't listen, locusts, and they're like, all right, your son's gone, man, it's over. (laughs) So obviously, obviously many people have been pissed off because these extreme laws were passed in places like Alabama. And it didn't help. It didn't help that the lawmakers who put these abortion restrictions in place just happened to be the biggest sausage fest ever. (laughs) I mean, look at that, for real. 25 men passed this abortion law. They passed it through the Alabama Senate. These are the people deciding what women in Alabama can do with their own bodies, which is crazy because none of these men will ever be pregnant. How are they writing the laws? It's like if the Amish wrote America's laws on cybersecurity. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) The guy was just like, yeah, I'm gonna write the laws. I'm gonna write all of your laws. You see, every computer should have an angry goat in front of it to scare away the demons. (laughs) Stay in your lane, Amish people. Now, it's no secret that these are some of the most extreme abortion laws America's ever seen, right? In fact, Alabama and Missouri have made abortion a crime, even in the cases of rape and incest. And for some Republicans, this is a step too far. President Trump tweeting this weekend, for those who would like to know, I am strongly pro-life with the three exceptions, rape, incest, and protecting the life of the mother. The same position taken by Ronald Reagan. I don't support the Alabama law. Uh, I believe that there ought to be exceptions. Uh, I'm pro-life, but there ought to be exceptions for rape and incest and where the life of the mother is at risk. You know what's crazy? Is that three weeks ago, Trump and Romney's positions on abortion were the extreme positions. Yeah, but now thanks to Alabama and Missouri, these guys get to act like feminists, yeah? Like, yeah, no, no, I'm on the side of the woman, except in these three cases. I mean, every, every time it should be against the law. I mean, I'm, I'm the reasonable guy. Because no, make no mistake, three exceptions is still bullshit, all right? You're still taking away a woman's right to choose. It's as simple as that. It's not reasonable. It just seems reasonable by comparison. It's like if one bully threatened to beat me up, steal my lunch, and give me a wedgie, and another bully steps in, he's like, hey, hey, the wedgie's a step too far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's reasonable. So as it stands, these bills have been signed into law, which means now the courts have to decide if they're constitutional. And there's a good chance this will go all the way up to the newly conservative Supreme Court. Yeah. So if you're a woman in America right now who wants to be in control of her own body, this is a scary time. Luckily, there is one law firm in town that might have found a way to protect your uterus. I'm Desi Lydic. And I'm Dulce Sloan. And we're attorneys at law. Just don't Google that. Right now, Republicans are trying to legislate what a woman can and cannot do with her body. So if you're a woman, you might feel like your only options are to either leave the country or marry your vibrator. Mine's named Jorge. But our law firm has a better solution. Incorporate that pussy. 
That's right. Because corporations are the one thing Republicans don't want to regulate. So we'll turn your business into a business. And in their eyes, you'll go from baby maker to money maker. We're regulating your vagina. But it's a business now. Well, in that case, here's a tax cut. So call us today and make sure your private sector stays private. We're talking about your vag. And all that other stuff down there. Everything but the butt. The butt stuff. Desi and Dulce, everybody. We'll be right back. only 532 days away from the 2020 presidential election, which is barely enough time to reshoot the entire final season of Game of Thrones. (laughs) It's also enough time to catch up on the Democratic race with another installment of World War D. (laughs) Hi, it's no secret that there are already a ton of Democrats running for president. But if you were holding out for a candidate named Steve, you're in luck. Another Democrat has entered the presidential race. In a video released this morning, Montana Governor Steve Bullock announced his bid for 2020, highlighting the fact that he is the only candidate in the field to have won in a red state. For the uninitiated, who is Steve Bullock? Yes, the first question is, who is Steve Bullock? (laughs) The second question is, wait, who is Steve Bullock? And the third question is, are you sure he's not Michael Bennett? Who is this guy? (laughs) Like, at this point, running for president feels less like a serious political endeavor and more like a viral internet challenge. That's what it is. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm running for president, and I'm challenging Phil to do the same thing. Yeah! (laughs) Now I'm gonna eat a Tide Pod. Woo! (laughs) So in case you've lost count, the number of candidates is now up to 23. Yeah, which is insane. Look at all those faces, huh? Look at all of those faces. Now the Democrats have everyone. They've got a black woman, a white woman, white men, black men, an Asian man, and now, at six foot five, they've even added a giant. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio joined the race for president today, making it an even two dozen candidates seeking the Democratic nomination. Last month in a Quinnipiac poll, 76% of New Yorkers said that they do not think he should run for president. Every party, age, racial, and borough group listed in that agreed on that. I personally would not vote for him. I think he should announce it on the 1st of April. And why is that? Because it would have been a good April Fool's Day joke. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud. Wow. That's depressing, man. Everyone thinks Mayor de Blasio shouldn't run for president. On the upside, though, he's found a way to bring all New Yorkers together, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, even pedestrians getting hit by taxis are like, hey, I'm walking over here. Shove it, pal. You know who else should shove it? De Blasio, thinking he can become president. I totally agree. You want to go grab a slice? You got it. Let's go to Grimaldi's. I'm a DeForest fan. <laughs> you again, pal. But not as hard as we say de Blasio. Yeah! So, Bill de Blasio has decided to squeeze his way into this crowded field. I mean, thanks to the New York subway, he's used to squeezing his way into broken systems that have no room for him. And it's not just New Yorkers. Even de Blasio's fellow Democrats don't take him seriously. Madam Speaker, since you've talked about so many presidents, I wonder how you feel about Bill de Blasio running for president. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, I'm not a professional pollster, but that is not a reaction you want to hear ever, okay? If you ask your doctor, uh, am I going to make it? And they laugh like that. You got to delete your porn and update your will in that order. The weirdest part, though, is that de Blasio does have a decent record to run on, all right? He, he passed universal pre-K. He cut back on stop and frisk. He implemented a $15 minimum wage. And he even legalized the sale of magic beans, even though those beanstalks pose a threat to him personally. <laughs> but many argue he's not perfect. During his time as mayor, homelessness is up in New York. He has faced a bribery scandal. And worst of all, and this is true, on Groundhog Day in 2014, he accidentally dropped a groundhog. <laughs> And then it died days later. (laughs) Now, was it the fall that killed the groundhog? We don't know. The groundhog is still falling. That's how tall de Blasio is. (laughs) Personally, I think it was an accident, and I don't think we should hold it against him. On the other hand, I have a few New York parking city tickets that are bullshit. So, I made this attack ad. Bill de Blasio says he's a bright future for America. But he has his own dark past. Is the mayor of New York a groundhog killer? The mayor dropped Staten Island chalk during a ceremony at the Staten Island Zoo. Accusations of a cover-up surrounding Mayor de Blasio. Chuck was found dead in his cage just a week later. Can we trust a man with a nuclear button if we can't trust him with land beavers? Bill de Blasio. Bad for America. Worse for groundhogs. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Daily Show. My guest tonight is a member of the U.S. Senate and Democratic presidential candidate. Please welcome New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Welcome back to the show, Senator. Thank you. What a time to have you on. Um, in the past week and a week or so, it has felt like there has been an onslaught on women's rights in America. Is it an overreaction that people are have, happy, having when they say this feels like the beginning of the end? Or is it truly a dire situation for women to be in? It is truly a dire situation. It's been an all-out attack. 30 states have tried to pass laws or are passing laws or have passed laws to undermine women's reproductive freedom. And they're trying to take away women's civil rights and our human rights. Uh, And their goal is to overturn Roe v. Wade. Right. And it's something that President Trump is doing and the Republican Party. And they don't want women to make the most intimate personal life-and-death decisions uh, for their own bodies and their own families. As, as a lawmaker, uh, do you have an insight into how this has become so politicized? Because it feels like at one point in America, it really did feel like it was between a woman and her doctor. I mean, even Reagan said that at some point. He said it's intimate. It doesn't involve l- legal. You know, it's not, it's not lawmakers' decision to make. When did you feel the shift? What changed it in America? President Trump has emboldened uh, right-wing Republicans. He's emboldened them with the nomination of Justice Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Uh, And this was something he ran on and said he would do, and it's exactly what he's doing. Uh, He's basically taking away our basic 
human rights to make those decisions about our families when we're having children, how many we're having, under what circumstances. And they're criminalizing women's decisions and criminalizing the doctors who provide that care. Right. When you, when you look at the lawmakers themselves, people have criticized the idea that 25 men can create a law that literally will never affect their bodies. Do you think there's a new way that we could think about making laws where you go, like, maybe some laws shouldn't be written by men because men have no clue about what is actually happening in a woman's body? Yes. I mean, I think this is, shows why I've worked so hard over the last seven years to elect more women to Congress. Uh, we still uh, have, you know, woefully inadequate numbers of women. We have to get to 51% to represent the actual diversity of our country. Right. We need more women in leadership. We need to lift up women's voices. And women need to fight. They need to fight like everything that they care about as it's, is at stake, because it is. It's a life or death issue for many women. When you, when you look at that, as a, as a life or death issue, as someone who is running for president of the United States, um, whether you get the job or not, what do you think people need to be looking for in a president? Because you do have, let's say, almost half of the country who believes that abortion should be outlawed or, or is deeply immoral. It's not half. Seventy percent of America believes in Roe v. Wade, right. believes that women should have this fundamental decision about their lives. But at the same time, I think it's 49 percent of women say that they're conflicted or they think that it, it, it should be in some way monitored or, you know, they say it's gone too far in certain states, et cetera. How do you then govern an entire country where people disagree that much on that level? How do you, how do you convince them is what I'm saying as a leader? I, I think this country deserves a president who's brave, someone who will stand up to do the right thing, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. And that's why I'm running for president, because I will lift up women's voices. I will do the hard things. I will talk to folks in every part of this country, whether it's red, purple or blue, about their values and about what's right for America. Right. And I can tell you, women deserve basic civil rights in this country. And they deserve to make these fundamental decisions about their bodies and their families with their doctors. And I don't think this is something that we should back down on. And I hope that women continue to fight because since President Trump's been elected, women have been marching. The 2018 election cycle was about women running for office mm-hmm. and winning, getting the women's votes out. So women are on fire. And if this is a fight that President Trump wants with the American people and America's women, it's a fight he's going to have and it's a fight he's going to lose. Let's, um, let's switch gears for a second and talk about some of your plans for how you think America could change the way elections are run. Because in effect, we are dealing with the effects of how the elections operate in the country. One of the more interesting proposals you've made is the Clean Elections Plan. Can you explain what that is? There's a lot of political corruption. We all know Washington's broken, and we know that anything we want to accomplish, whether it's a Green New Deal or health care is a right and not a privilege or uh, affordable daycare, universal pre-K, there's always something or someone standing in the way, and it's the greed and corruption in Washington. And so I want to get money out of politics. I want to restore our democracy to the hands of the people, and the way you do that is through publicly funded elections, and that's what this clean elections bill will do. What what does that mean, publicly funded elections? means that if you agree to a clean elections platform and you will not take any contributions over $200, then you are eligible for any voter in America to 
to be able to donate to your campaign through democracy dollars. You would make $200 available for every federal election for every voter. And you would then be going to every community to ask for support. You wouldn't just be going to the wealthy individuals. And you wouldn't have the Koch brothers spending $300 million uh, to change outcomes of election. It would mean every person in America, every voter, would have the same power as a Koch brother. So so you're saying fundamentally what would happen is you'd have federal dollars, Mm -hmm. and then every voter in America would have a $200 spend, and they would get to say, I give this to you, I give this to you. And that determines how much you get as a candidate. Correct, for every federal election. And you'd have safeguards to make sure people qualify to do this. Right. But it basically democratizes our democracy. It restores the power to the hands of the people, away from the special interests. Because you just look and see how Washington works. If you really want health care as a right and not a privilege... You've got to take on the insurance companies and the mm-hmm. drug companies that spend millions of dollars on lobbyists and on television ads to make sure their voice is louder than yours. So we need to get the money out of politics to restore our democracy. Let me ask you this. It feels like there has been a, like a groundswell of people embracing small dollar donations. Is, is there a possibility or is there a world where Democrats say, you know what, we're not going to wait for a law to pass. We're just going to make that a rule amongst ourselves. We don't take money from corporations. We don't take money right. from special interest groups. We're just going to run on the money of the people and hope that our platform gets us to where we need to be. Well, that's why I'm not taking any corporate PAC money in this presidential campaign. I'm not taking any federal lobbyist money. I'm not taking any fossil fuel money. And I'm not having an individual super PAC. And if you like this, please go to KirstenGillibrand.com and support me. That's exciting. Getting the money from the people, for the people, to run your race. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Trevor. Send her a kiss from Gillibrand, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.